Well, good morning again, church. Hey, this morning uh, we are back at a series that we started a couple weeks ago that we're calling Prayer in the Present Tense. Uh, last week we took a break because uh, Reverend Eddie Alleman was in town and he got to preach to us, which I thought was just a really good time. Um, so we're back at the series, Prayer in the Present Tense. And what we're doing in this series is we're talking about prayer and just what prayer is and why it matters and how to do it and all that kind of fun stuff. The question is, um, why do we pray? <laughs> like, what is it that makes us pray? Why do we do that? So we want to uncover that in this series. There's a couple reasons I just want to quickly run through. Um, the first, and maybe for me would be the most obvious, would be we pray, um, well, because Jesus prayed. That's why we pray. We pray because Jesus prayed. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, it'd be Luke 5, verse 16, uh, it says, but often, uh, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. He prayed and we want to follow Jesus and so we pray as well. We pray because Jesus did. We also pray, we pray because um, when we pray, we are intimately connecting with a personal God. We are having a God encounter when we pray. And it's kind of an amazing thing if you think about it, actually. When we pray, we are meeting one-on-one -on -one with the God that created everything, the universe. We get to be intentionally with God in that space. It's a pretty amazing thing. Now, uh, it's true that we pray and we want to pray and we like to pray and it's something that we do because Jesus does. There's also um, another truth and that is um, it's hard for us to sometimes. It's hard for us to develop the practice of prayer and all that fun stuff. And I would say one of the reasons it's difficult for us to pray is because of how we pray. Often when we pray, um, our prayer consists of kind of like a long list of things that we want God to do for us. And sometimes that list is a good list. Um, we pray things like for the health of family members or for ourselves. We pray for guidance in difficult situations. We pray for strength in other situations. We pray for things. We ask God for things. But when our prayer turns into simply a long laundry list for God to do for us, um, we're really not praying well. That's a good thing to pray I mean, to ask for things. Um, Mark 11, verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. It's good to ask for things, right? Scripture says that, um, but that is just a small piece of what prayer is. For a more dynamic um, relationship with God, we pray. Uh, we pray not because of the things that we can get from God, but because of the person that we are with in prayer. We are with God in that space. That's why we pray. Also, when we pray, we, when we spend time with God in prayer, we always leave changed as well. There's something about when we have a God encounter and we meet with God and we pray and we listen for God and all that stuff, we walk away and we walk away just a little bit different than before. That's true for most of us. When I am regularly praying, I'm a nicer person. I know it's surprising, but it's true. I am a nicer person. Maybe that's true for you as well. When we pray, we leave changed. And so um, throughout this series, um, that's what we want to get after is what is prayer? And, and, and kind of go down a couple more layers than simply asking for stuff. So two weeks ago, Pastor Chuck kicked off our series and he talked about prayer as noticing God's presence. 
Um, this week, I want to actually turn that on its head. Um, we pray um, so we can notice God's presence. We also pray so we can give our own presence back to God. That's an important part of prayer. So to dig into that this morning, I want to turn to our scriptures. Um, our scripture reading this morning is going to be Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn there now. If you have a phone, you can turn there as well on your phone or whatever you may have. Um, so that's our scripture reading, Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6. Our scripture reader this morning is Jenny Duff. And Jenny, I'll invite you to head on up now. Um, and what we do here as a community, when the church gathers, we stand and we face the center of the room where the scripture is read. Uh, the reason we do this week after week after week is because scripture should be central to our lives. It should be central because it's the story of the good news of Jesus. It is the greatest true story ever told. So go ahead, Jenny, when you're ready. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And that's our scripture reading. You may be seated. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, have you ever had a moment in your life where suddenly you sensed that God's presence was with you? That God was with you in some special way. You could sense it in a way. God was with you. Like it was tangible. God was here or is with me right now. Have you ever had a moment like that? Um, one of the most impactful moments I've ever had like that happened about 12 years ago. Um, I was working at a, a circuit board factory in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and my job there was I inspected circuit boards. Now, the problem is I knew nothing about circuit boards, so I don't know how good the quality was, but we did it. Got it done. Um, and I would inspect circuit boards all day, and it was kind of a, you're alone, um, basically, all day. And so I just started praying um, while I was there, and I would just sit and talk with God, and we'd have conversations as I would inspect circuit boards very poorly. And as I prayed, I began to hear God say something to me through my prayer time. And that something was, John, I think you need to pursue something in ministry. This is not what I called you for. You need to do something in ministry. And then my response would be, um, God, no, I don't really want to do that. Um, the idea of standing in front of lots of people, this doesn't work out for me. It's not going to happen. And so we'd have these conversations, and I had them for months and months and months. And then one day... I uh, got out of my car and I walked into uh, the circuit board factory and I walked in the front door and my supervisor and an HR person was standing there. Have you had this moment before? It's a great one. 
And uh, they ushered me into the, my supervisor's office and they told me that my time there was coming to an end. Uh, they were going to have to let me go. And in uh, the weeks to come, many more would be let go as well. It was the beginning of the recession, if you remember those glorious days. It was real fun. Um, and I remember I left that place kind of, I don't know, like shell-shocked or something. And I got into my blue 2001 Volkswagen Jetta, which is a sweet car, by the way. And I got into that car, and then I started driving home, and I was just lost, just confused. And it was in that moment when I'm driving home after just getting fired that God spoke to me. Now, I didn't see God. I don't know if God said anything audibly. I kind of doubt that that's how it works. Um, uh, it was more subdued than that, but it was the kind of moment where, like, you get goosebumps. Have you had one of those moments where God is just so present? And I remember God telling me something in that moment. He told me one thing. He said, John, now you will go. Now you will go. It's time for you to go take steps into ministry. Now you will go. And I took that moment as, now I need to go. And so I went, and I signed up for Bible college, having no idea what this was going to mean. And I signed up for the cheapest Bible college in town just to stick it to God a little bit. But I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever had one of those moments, though, where God just was so present in your life and you could feel God's presence. Have you had one of those moments? You see, our scripture reading, what we just heard, is one of those moments. That's what it is. You know, if you know the story behind our scripture reading this morning, you have uh, the Hebrew people are in Egypt and they're enslaved for all kinds of reasons. It's not a good situation. And you have this guy named Moses who shows up on the scene. And, and Moses is this Hebrew boy. And through this crazy story, he ends up being a prince of Egypt. And so Moses is walking around Egypt inspecting things. And then one day he notices one of the Hebrew slaves, one of his ancestors, is being abused by an Egyptian soldier. And it makes Moses really angry. He gets really upset. In fact, he gets so upset that he murders the guy, like right there on the spot, murders him. When he comes to his senses, he realizes what he just did. And so he takes off and he flees. He packs up and he goes and he flees Egypt. And he flees all the way into this small town called Midian, the small uh, desolate place called Midian. And when he's in Midian, he finds himself there. He finds a wife. They have kids. They build a life in Midian. And, and Moses thinks, this is where I'm going to stay. This is it. I can never go back to Egypt. If I go back to Egypt, I'm toast. I'm going to die. They are definitely going to kill me if I go back. So this is my new life now. That's how it's going to be until one day. One day, Moses is off tending to his father-in-law's flocks, sheep and goats and all that fun stuff. And he's out there and he's tending to them and he's watching them. I don't know, watching them ba or something. I don't know what they do, but they're standing out there watching. And he looks over and he sees something. It's a desert bush. And that desert bush is on fire. Now, in this time, in this place, a bush that's on fire is actually not super uncommon. Uncommon, but not super uncommon. Um, it's a dry, very hot place. Things started on fire once in a while. It was kind of a normal thing. So a burning bush wasn't, you know, the most amazing thing. But this was different. This burning bush was different for Moses because he looked over and he saw this burning bush, but the bush that was burning was not burning up. 
which was weird. And so Moses, I'm assuming he's interested, and he has to go check it out. And so he walks over to this bush, and he takes a look, and that is when the God moment happens for him. It's this amazing experience where God suddenly shows up here. Now, I think it's important to understand when we read stories like this, because I think most of us think, wow, that's a crazy story. Like God showed up in this burning bush. That's nuts. That's never going to be something that happens to me, though. That's not how this thing works. I don't get to have God encounters like Moses got to have. It's not how it works for us, right? We're not important enough to be Moses. We mostly think things like that. But you see, everything that happens in the story is basically what happens when we pray. It's the same thing. You may not see a burning bush when you pray. I don't think. If you do, I don't know. You should be worried. Um, but the rest of it looks exactly like prayer. You see, prayer in its most basic form the definition of prayer is God meeting with God's people. That's what prayer is. Anytime God meets with God's people, that's prayer. That's what prayer looks like. And God is meeting with Moses in this story. And that means Moses has entered into a kind of prayer, in a sense. Now, there's a couple things about this encounter that I want us to notice, because I think it will help us understand what prayer looks like for us in our lives, too. And the first is this. In this story of God meeting Moses and there being a burning bush and all that craziness, God chooses to be particularly present to Moses first. God chooses to be present to Moses. It's not the other way around. Moses didn't have to kind of zone in and develop some really good spiritual habits and like wake up at 6 a.m. and then that's when I'll meet God in prayer. That's how I, that's the only way this is going to happen, right? No, that's not how it works in the story. God comes to Moses first. Listen to our scripture reading a second. It's uh, from verse 2. It would be uh, 3 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. You see, in this moment, the God who we recognize is present, I think, in the whole world, right? God is present everywhere, all at once, all the time. If God was not present, the world would not exist, right? Like, that's what we think. That God, in this moment, decides to be particularly present with Moses, which I think is amazing. And I think many of us, if we're honest, have doubts that the same God, the God who created mountains and waterfalls, the God who is involved in all kinds of really big important things would ever part meet particularly with us. I think that's a really hard thing for us to understand. Which is perhaps why sometimes in our lives, um, we just ignore God. 
And we act like God's not present at all because God would never have anything to do with us, right? We are way low on the totem pole of priority. Like, God's got bigger fish to fry. But here, in this story, God chooses to be with Moses, who's living in the middle of nowhere in Midian. And you see, this story is only one example of how God works in all of us. It's how God works. God chooses to be particularly present to all of us, to you and to me, with all of our problems and addictions and distractions and sin patterns and success and lack of success. Wherever we find ourselves, God chooses to be particularly present to you and to me, especially presence. And prayer is where that happens in so many ways. When we pray, God is choosing to be particularly present to you and to me. It's an amazing thing. Now, there's another thing I want us to notice in this passage. Um, you see, God chooses to be particularly present to his people, to individuals, to Moses, right? And maybe to, even to us. But there's a, another side of that. You see, God chooses to be present to us, but God greatly desires that we are present to him in return too. Fully, wholly present. In the Bible, there's this really interesting pattern that emerges as we read through it. And usually it starts out with God meeting one of his people in the scriptures. And he's usually, you know, meeting him as a pillar of cloud or it's in a wrestling match or there's an angel that shows up or something like that happens. And then when God shows up to a person in the Bible, there's a pattern that unfolds. And it's the same pattern in virtually every single story of God showing up with his people. In the book of Genesis, when Abraham is on top of a mountain, right? He's on top of a mountain and he believes that God wants him to sacrifice his son. That's what he thinks. And so Abraham in Genesis is on a mountain and he's about to bring the knife down on Isaac, right? It's this crazy scene. What happens right before the knife comes down? Abraham. Abraham. In the book of Acts, Paul He's rampaging through Christians. He's killing them left and right. It's a really horrible situation. Paul is taking pleasure in it. And then Paul one day finds himself on the way to Damascus, and then God shows up. It's this amazing God moment. And then what does God say first? Saul, 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 what are you doing? And then in our passage, you get the story of the burning bush. And Moses walks over to see what this bush is. And the bush won't burn, and it's really weird. And then in verse 4, this is what verse 4 says. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, do you hear the pattern? In nearly every single occasion where God meets his people in the scriptures, God meets his people by saying their name twice. Moses, Moses, Abraham, Abraham, Saul, Saul. That's what God does. That is part of the pattern. Now, you could understand this as a linguistic thing. So in Hebrew and in Greek, there's not an exclamation mark. And so to make emphasis on things, you say them more than once. And so if you say, Saul, Saul, what you're really saying is, Saul, right? Like that's how it goes. That's how it works in the scriptures. Then, 
God comes to Moses in the burning bush. And he says, Moses, Moses. Or you could say, Moses, right? Like crazy Moses. And then the pattern continues. See, the people, when God comes to his people, they always say the same thing every single time almost. They have the same reply. All of them do. It's really interesting. They say, here I am. Here I am. Uh, Verse 4 in our scripture reading. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Here I am. That phrase is an important phrase in the scriptures. It is used many, many times. In fact, that phrase is actually one Hebrew word. It's it. It's only one word. It's three words. We, that's what we get in English. But it's actually only one Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word is the, the Hebrew word hineni. Hineni. You can say it out loud if you want to. It's really fun to say. Hineni. And Hineni, as it's translated in our Bibles, is here I am. But it's, it's more than that. It's more than here I am. Hineni means much more than that. I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I have it often, um, where I'm driving in the car with my kids, and my kids are in the back seat, and I'm distracted either driving or thinking about something else. And then my kids have really important things to say to me. I don't know if you've ever had this. Like they have this really important thing that they learned about Harry Potter wands or something. Like it's a really big deal. I don't know if you've had this. Or my oldest son, he loves math and he has to tell me about math, which is like anathema to me. I don't like math. And he has to share this amazing thing about math and I can't really listen that well. And so I'm kind of only half listening. And then I have these kind of canned responses that happen. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Good job, buddy. I don't know if you do this. I don't know if any parents have ever been guilty of this. And then your kids pick up on it and they're like, hey, dad, you're not listening to me, right? Because they're right. I'm not really listening. Um, We're half listening is what I like to call it. You see, in the Bible, when someone says, here I am, it's like the opposite of half listening. It's the person saying, God, I am completely present with you right now. It's, God, in this moment, even though I have so many distractions in my life, there are so many things going on in my mind. I have so much anxiety or fear or whatever. Maybe I had such a bad day today. I had such a good day. I had this great accomplishment today. Whatever it is, all of it is present to you in this moment right now. Here I am, Hineni, all of me present to you, God, right now. And you see, when God is with Moses, God greatly desires that Moses be fully present with him. It's so important to understand. And so God will say, Moses, Moses, so that Moses can turn all of his attention on God and they can be together in an important way. And you see, when we pray, God is fully present to us. God's present to us. At the burning bush, God is fully present to Moses. And God says, now you be fully present with me too. That's how it works. God wants you and me to give our full selves to him. God wants us, when we pray, to say, Hineni. Here I am, 
all of me, here I am, the whole thing, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, God, I am fully present to you in this place. That is what the truest form of prayer looks like. It looks like a close relationship with a dear friend, you know, if you had one of those. You know, the best friendships are those friendships where both people, through whatever circumstances it was, had a moment where they both had to be vulnerable with each other, right? They both struggled together. They both shared the burden together. And there's some kind of bond that comes from that. Like, you are inseparable whenever you have that experience with people. And when the relationship either has to part ways for whatever reason, it is so painful. And God says, that's the kind of relationship I want with you where it's painful for both of us when we're apart. And the way to do that is to show up and just be fully present with me in prayer. That is the point of prayer. When was the last time you spent time with God like that? Where you just shared the state of the union about yourself with God? When was the last time God cares about you and wants you to be fully yourself before him. That's what God wants out of us. In fact, the main reason for the cross is that very purpose. It's the main reason for the cross. It's really interesting. You have this pattern, right? You have God, whenever he shows up to his people, he says their name twice, and then the people respond with, here I am, or Hineni. And at the cross, you see this pattern happen again, except the pattern breaks. It's really interesting. You have Jesus. He goes to the cross, right? He's on the cross. He's about to take his last breath. He's about to die. And then he says this. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You could interpret that. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, he starts the pattern. You can see that, right? He starts the pattern, and then he waits for a response from God, and he gets nothing. Nothing. No, here I am from God. And it's for a purpose. And the purpose is that when you and I go to God in prayer, that God will show up now. When God abandoned his presence at the cross, he did so so we can have his full presence in prayer. It's a huge part of the good news of Jesus. We get to be present with God because God was not present there. It's amazing. I'm assuming you've already noticed, but there's this giant lit up wall right here. Anyone seen that yet? It, Maybe you just are noticing it now. I am so proud of this thing. Our elders over a year ago talked about this, and today is the day that we get to unveil it. This is our newest standing stone here at TFRC, and this standing stone is different because this standing stone gets to stay in this space where we worship. This is what we like to call a prayer wall. A prayer wall. Standing stones 
in the Bible are places where God showed up in important ways, like the burning bush moments, right? And standing stones are God showed up and now this is a holy place. It's like in our story that we just read this morning where God says, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. This is going to be holy ground. God is going to show up in this space with us at this prayer wall. And today we get to use it together for the very first time, which is pretty cool. And we're going to use it basically every week from here on out. On your seat, you should have found a piece of paper and a pencil. I want you to grab that a second. Go ahead. In a moment, we're going to enter into a time of worship together. And when we do, on that piece of paper, what I want us to do is offer our presence to God. In particular, there are so many places in our lives where we will not offer our presence to God. Like for me, when I get angry, I almost never am present to God. It's like I can't be or something or I forget in those moments. For others of us, when we're anxious, we just cannot offer our presence to God. Or when we're in conflict or when we're in success and we've done really good things, maybe then we just really struggle to offer our presence to God or failures or whatever it may be. What are the areas of your life today where you know if whatever that thing is that happens, happens, you will not be present to God? What is that area? What I want you to do is think about that for the next couple minutes. And then when you figure it out, write it down. No name attached. Write it down. I want to offer this to you, God. I want to offer my anxiety to you that I will be present to you in my anxiety this week, whatever it may be. And when you're done doing that and you write it down, I want you to just sit with it and offer it to God. Pray. Say, God, here I am. Hineni. Here I am. Here's where I haven't been present. And I'm going to be present now in this moment. And after you've prayed, you're going to take that piece of paper and you're going to roll it up. And when you roll it up, you can stand up. You can walk over to the wall here and stick it in the wall. And as you stick it in the wall, I challenge you, say it out loud. Say, God, here I am. Here I am today. This is all of me. Here I am. One more thing. There are a lot of us here. And so let's get comfy up here, okay? Like we can get real close when we put things in the wall. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that even when we are so unaware or closed off, God, that you are still abundantly present in our lives, God. We thank you for that. We thank you that you'd be willing to do something like the cross to make that happen for us today. And God, as we come to the wall for the first time this morning, God, I ask, help us be more present to you. Help us be honest before you in ways that perhaps we, we really never are or rarely are, God. In this time, God, just simply be with us. The truest form of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. God is present with us today. And we offered our presence to God today. And so whatever you put in that wall, uh, 
I think that's our command this week is to be present in those places that we're often not. Let me leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?